guys. Thank you so much for a wonderful season one. For myself and my team, we want to thank everybody, the loyal listeners who stuck around just for this good season that we had. It means a lot, and I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. Uh, And we're going to continue, obviously, season two coming around the corner. So with that being said, I only have one plug for today. And as a Dominican, I'm a huge fan of plantain chips. I wanted to go ahead and plug one of my favorite plantain chips that I eat. Uh, which is from Royal Flavors. You can find them on royalflavors.org or they also have on Instagram, royalflavors.chips with a Z. That's royalflavors.chips with a Z. So with that being said, let's start the show. Season one finale. I'm Luis Agustin and this is A View to Film. Welcome back to A View to Film. On the season finale, we finally are wrapping up here, my last episode, and I got a very special guest all the way from Iowa, a former colleague of mine, Mr. Josh Begg. Josh, what's up, man? Lou, hey, guys. Uh, thanks for telling me this was the season finale. Now I got a little extra pressure on me, huh? <laughs> I <did. laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm ra- we're wrapping up uh, season one of A View to Film. Yeah, this is the last movie I'm covering. You know, going to go a little hiatus and we're going to plot some stuff for season two. And, you know, thank you for coming. And I definitely want you to come back, you know. So we'll, we spoke, me and you, a little bit uh, off screen, like, about some other potential movies, so don't worry. You'll get a definite uh, callback, guaranteed, promise, even before you give me bad material. <laughs> All right, yes. I like that. I'll make it easy, I'll make it easy for everybody else that, that follows here. They got, they got small shoes to fill then. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> nah, man, you're, you're one of the top dogs, bro. How's uh, Iowa treating you out there? Gee, you know, it's... It's all right. We just uh, experienced our first ever land hurricane um, a couple weeks oh, ago, which, yeah, oh, didn't even know they existed until I was in the middle of 130 mile hour winds. So um, it was definitely like being back in Sandy all over again, but uh, with corn oh, flying man, around. Yeah. That's crazy because we went through that with the first hurricane that just hit us and Everybody said that it was just like Sandy. It's true, bro. You should have seen it. Like I was in one of the the stores and bro, the power went out. Like the power went out all over the place. I had vice presidents in our company trying to get generators for their house. Like it was nuts out here, man. Yeah, no, I they're no joke. They're not to be taken lightly, that's for sure. I know, bro. Before we start our episode, any anything you want to plug? Anything you want to give a shout out to? Uh, no, you know, just all my, uh, my ex enterprise people. I hope they're, uh, hanging in there through this, uh, this pandemic that we're in and, uh, keeping their heads up. I know it's, it seems pretty tough right now, but you know, everything's got to come back up eventually. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what's up. Uh, so what movie are we talking about today, Josh? Today we are what are we not watching? We already watched it. We are talking about um, the movie Blow with Johnny Depp and uh, Penelope Cruz. Nice, nice. Uh, in your own words, give give a quick synopsis. What is Blow about? Um, you already named who's in it, so like quickly, what's like what's it about? Yeah, it's what's well, it's it's a true story. Um, it's about a, a guy named George Young, um, and he was uh, pretty much the pioneer of the drug trade in um, the United States uh, in terms of like trafficking it and bringing it in in larger quantities. Um, so it's really just kind of a, a story about his you know rise to fame and success, and then the uh, you know the inevitable downfall that uh, comes along with uh, drugs and living in the uh, the drug world. Yes, that is true. That I couldn't have put it better myself. That is a great synopsis. Real quick, I want to issue a spoiler warning for anybody listening because we're going to spoil this movie, but it is based on a true story. So this really did happen. But um, let's just pr- jump right into it. I have a quick question for you before we even get into like the movie plot. Have you ever seen the movie uh, American Made? Oh, who's in that one? I, it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know if I have or not. It's the one with um, Tom Cruise that he's also a pilot smuggling in drugs because no. <laughs> I feel like they remade this movie <laughs> no, you based know, on a, Blow. Yeah, that was always one of those that I was like, oh, I got to see that. But 
never had time to go to a movie theater. And it was always just kind of that, oh, well, I'll catch it when it comes out on, you know, DVD or Amazon or whatever. And I just kind of forgot all about it. But yeah, I did want to see that one. Yeah. So that that's what I wanted to say. I just want to give a quick shout out to America Made that they copy pretty much the essence of this movie. Oh, like Lord. he's a pilot, smuggling in drugs, gets involved with uh, a cartel. It, it, it's literally I, like so eerily similar, you know? All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, let's kick it off. Let's kick it off. So we start the movie. Um, we're getting to know George Young. So is it George Young or Jung? I've heard it say both ways. Um, I've always just called it Young or yeah, Young, but it could be Jung. Um, it is spelled like J-U-N-G, right? So, right, um, right. I guess I, I I should probably watch the movie again and pay more attention to it when he's introducing himself. But <laughs> no, no, I think I think you're right though. I think everybody in the movie, one person said it one way, another person said it another way. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we meet his dad, like we meet his family, like we get a sense for how he was growing up because mm-hmm. it is based on his true life. So yeah. we see how everything is evolving and everything. And like the first thing I spotted as we're going through the movie was uh, the Ray Liotta character, like put his employees on check. Did you notice that on the first yeah. scene? Like, I'll talk to my boy as long as I want. Like, <laughs> what do you think about that? Yeah, he's like, hey, man, what's your problem today? Guess who's buying lunch? So, <laughs> it, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, you get a real uh, you get a real good view of the George's father and, like, kind of his – it's kind of just like the, the laying foundation for him the rest of the movie. You know, that, hey, you're not going to mess with my kid. I'm going to – he comes first kind of thought right there. But you're, you're a father yourself. Like, how did you feel about that? How did that resonate to you? I felt the same way. I was, you see me talking to my kid, like, what's, what are you in such a hurry for? You know, it's, you're, <laughs> you're, you're there, man. You're up to, you're on the job truck. I would assume you're probably getting paid. So who do you, what do you care if I, if I'm taking an extra minute or two? So, um, right. you know, I think the guy was just being a jerk. So he had to get checked. So for the people who've seen this movie, like it has that reputation of showing the mom in a very negative light. Right. Yeah. So oh, I've yeah. seen this movie. Yeah. I've seen this movie multiple times and I guess I never really noticed, but the first thing I just wanted to point out was that I found it interesting how the mom had the role of the typical father where she kept leaving. Mm-hmm. Like where we usually will see the dad, like the deadbeat dad who leaves and then he comes back or like, he's never quite sure. Like, yeah. What, how did that what was that like seeing this movie portray uh the mom in that role like i've never really seen that much yeah you know i i didn't take a whole lot of it and you know you almost just become numb to that um that thought process process or that visual of uh, you know deadbeat dad or oh you know uh if you think of single parent you automatically think oh well they must be living with their moms and their dad's gone and um right. you know it's it, you know, it's, it's kind of eye opening. I think it's kind of a gender switch that from like the norm in most movies or, you know, even, you know, I think statistically probably in America as a whole. Um, but, you know, it's it, it kind of, again, brings light to it. It's like, you know, this happens like, you know, there's no way that she's the only absentee mom. And, you know, there's there are probably families out there right, that are going right. through that kind of thing. Right. So then I guess. Yeah. So I guess that's like what my question is, like, why is the deadbeat dad? more portrayed in film versus the the deadbeat mom i can call her a deadbeat mom now yeah (laughs) yeah you know i i i think it's just one of those nasty kind of stereotypes that you know that we deal with all the time uh you know in a bunch of different um aspects of, of our life you know it's you know unfortunately one or two bad eggs um you kind of just encompasses and then, you know, groups everybody around in that same kind of thing. And, you know, I think it's, it's very easy to, Hey, if they're separated, it's, it's the dad's fault, you know, and you know, which may not be the case in, in some circumstances. So, you know, it's just one of those stereotypes that I think we as Americans just love to uh, cling on to. Um, and, and also just kind of like magnify when, whenever possible. All right. Well, well, I don't want to talk too much about her now. We'll, we'll get more into her later as the oh, movie yeah. goes along. <laughs> but so we meet uh, his boy Tuna, yep. um, which he he eventually moved out with. Like the story moved pretty quickly. Which, by uh, the way, have wh- you seen that guy now? That that actor? Yeah, he's slim, right? Oh, he's, he's super slim. He's, no? he's yoked, dude. He's he got he lost like two hundred some pounds, and he's like ripped. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, oh, look him man, up. Nah. I know, I know he he lost a lot of weight, but I didn't know he got like really like built. I didn't oh, know that. Yeah. I gotta look it up. Definitely. Yeah, I gotta I gotta watch another movie of his or or like what's he in? Like is he in a show or something? 
I don't know. I, I just saw some uh, like men's fitness article on him. So no way. Yeah, apparently okay. he's he got he got big. Okay, hey, that's what's up, man. It's like. You know what? Like when Jonah Hill lost a lot of weight, everybody just started talking crap. But you're like, hey, man, they're, they're, just, they're just trying to better themselves, you know? That's, I hear you. You almost can't take them serious now, though. But <laughs> <laughs> well, so then why, why was he called Tuna again in the movie? I never caught that. Uh, I think that was just his nickname. I, I mean, you would think with a guy that size, Tuna would not be the name you'd call him. But um, – <laughs> No, I, 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 that part slipped me. I just know he's been best friends with him since he was a rugrat. So, um, you know, he kind of was his right-hand man, um, you know, at least for the beginning part of the whole story. So I took the time to Google this because Johnny Depp has always been one of my favorite actors when I was growing up. Um, I didn't know because he's always come off like an L.A. vibe kind of guy. Like he's eccentric and unique. And then I... Randomly, I googled it and I didn't know he was born in Kentucky, raised in Florida. Like, yeah, you know, what did you think about that? And what did you think about Johnny Depp with blonde hair in this movie? Because I've rarely seen that as well. You know, I think, um, you know, I I, I had heard, I, I knew he was from like the uh, southern state, and I, I knew he kind of had some pretty humble beginnings. Um, you know, I to be honest with you, I think, um, you know, between besides like the Pirates of the Caribbean and you know some of those other ones, I think this was one of the movies that kind of first put me on like, like serious to, to Johnny, like where I was like, Oh, so he's not just some pirate. I was going to say not Edward Scissorhands or you mean yeah. just like in general, like a character character. Yeah. Right? But you know, like Edward Scissorhands, I feel like that was like one of those movies that like my mom made me watch. So, you know, I walked into it like <laughs> half, half into it. And Christmas know? time. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just kind of, I mean, it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But like when I first watched it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't feel, I wasn't into it, you know. Um, I, I wasn't quite sure what the hell was going on, to be honest. But you know, this was one of those movies that I think that put me on or made me like be like, "Whoa, this guy's actually good." And then you know, go to some of his other movies and you realize that he's been around for a long time. Um, so the blonde hair didn't really throw me off. I remember, um, you know, I always thought it was kind of cool that he, like the ponytail he, he was with the jean jacket that he rocks. Like I was just like, this guy's yeah, kind of yeah. badass. I know. I like. I, I'm telling you. So, so wifey and I, we sat down to rewatch the movie, and I, and I'm telling you right now, I love Johnny Depp as a blonde. Like, I think he pulled it off. I, I know it's not what his hair color was, but I think he did look pretty, pretty handsome. Yeah, I think he made it work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, remind me, have you always been from Iowa, or did did you live on the coast? I did. So I grew okay. up the beginning part out in uh, Southern California um, and then okay. sp- spent right. the high school, college years in Iowa. Um, and then, you know, the, my stint in New York and then now I'm back here. So then so that Cali Beach life, like what's that like? Because we see that early in the movie. Like, what do you think about that? Would you go back there? Like, oh, 100 percent. How did they portray it? Yeah. I think they did. I mean, you know, when I was out there, um, you know, I'm sure there was the the pot was being smoked and all that. But um, right. I, mean, I was young enough where I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to any of that. But the ter- in terms of like the, the how they portray it, you know, people just lounging, chilling on the beach. You know, it's it very is that very much that laid back lifestyle, you know, especially like on the boardwalk in uh, the beach area like they portrayed. Um, right. You, you know, you right. get into like downtown LA and stuff and it, it changes, but, um, no, I think that I would, I would go back to Cali in a second. You know, my girl, she doesn't like the heat. So, um, good luck talking her into that, same. but same, but, uh, same. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I, I don't think I'll ever get back out there, but maybe I'll get her out there one day to visit and she'll fall in love. But it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful place. She will, man. She will. And I can say I visited, uh, LA and San Diego once. Yeah, and I drove. I drove down the coast, and I'm telling you, man, I fell in love. Like San Diego, bro. Oh, oh yeah. God, it was there's no, there's not beautiful. a whole lot more places in the world that's better, like weather wise and all that. I mean, money wise, you can find cheaper places, but you, you get what you pay for right. down there for sure. Right, right. So, so bringing it back to the movie. So early on, so they move out. Right, they move out to Cali. They start their life. Uh, him and Tuna are on the road. He meets Barbie, and they're hitting it off, right? So yeah. we get to the part where he's considering, like, just selling pot, right? Yep. And Barbie puts him on to Derek for real. Yep. So <laughs> how come Derek didn't just, like, sell it himself and just earn his own profit? Why did he decide to give it to him wholesale? Like, that stumbled me, like, in the beginning. 
Yeah, and you know the part that I caught that I hadn't caught before that was interesting is that this whole empire started because um, George and Tuna they they didn't want to get a real job. They were just being lazy. They just wanted to kick it on the beach all day. Um, right. Derek, he he was a, a hairstylist, and so I don't think he ever took it as like a business opportunity or more than he did as like kind of a social or. A, um, kind of almost like a barber like treat. A yeah, so like you come and get your hair done. Hey, here's a here's a joint. Like come kick it with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I just don't think George or I don't think Derek ever really had the vision of you know making it into a business. Whereas George was like, hey, I want to do this to make my money off of. So um, I think you know Derek eventually kind of turned more into the running part. But I think for him, it was always just kind of a kick it. Hey, come to my salon or barber shop because I'll, I'll, I'll get you high while I'm cutting your hair. Right. Yeah. It's like like a Dominican barbershop up here in New York. Yeah, right. Like yeah, you go in, they hand you they hand you a beer. It's kind of like yeah. the the welcoming, you know, like it's it's part yeah. of the, the culture. Sure. And you get and the ones that hand out the nutties, you know, you're you're going there first. So <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. No, no. <laughs> for the for the listeners, he means the nutcrackers, like the concoction of like all these spirits together. That yes, they do hand that out as well. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. I agree. I don't think um, Derek had that vision, and I guess George just kind of like woke him up to it that there is yeah. a, a business side to it. So then, like. So, so then I, I hate to go down a rabbit hole, but then like, where was Derek getting his product from? Like, all right, so you're buying it. Where yeah. are you getting this wholesale from? Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't get it. They didn't really dive into that, but even in that one scene when he throws like that pound of weed at him, he goes, "I don't nickel and dime." So, right. I mean, he was right. obviously pulling weight somewhere or do some kind of connect. So, I don't know. He, yeah. So we get into the part where. He meets the other guy. I forgot the other guy's name that he wants it back east, like one of their old yep. friends, right? Yep. So, and and his girl, Barbie, is a stewardess. How yes. nice was that back then? Yeah. To like fly and they don't check a thing. Can you even imagine what life was like back then when you were growing up like that? I mean, no. I, I mean, just I mean, think about uh, just think about like pre 9-11 even, you know, like yeah. we, I would have never thought about taking my shoes off when I'm going through security. But then now, you know, I can't imagine not doing it. So I think, you know, back then right. and, and, you know, I think that's what benefited George so much is that he was so groundbreaking that. People didn't think that, you know, marijuana went across the country or traveled or, you know, it's just one of those things that out of sight, out of mind. It's here. It must have grown here kind of thing. So, um, yeah, they were definitely they definitely portrayed how lax the uh, security systems were for sure. For sure, man, for sure. So so let's um, so we're going to bring it back around to the mom again. Right. All right. So. Finally, so in the movie, they start making enough money. They're well off, right? And he introduces Barbie to his mom again. Yeah. So I was already like, "All right, here's the gold digger alert." The mom (laughs) spots the two carat diamond ring, and then and then she's saying, "Hey, get it insured," and then is embarrassed. Yeah, and then embarrassed when the father has no money, like. Bro, what what are these red flags with this mom in this movie, man? Yeah, this mom, she is like the definition of like a fair weather mom. It's like, hey, when the bread is in, like I'm around, I'm going to be here. Um, But hey, when you're broke, you're just, you know, you're junk. Like I'm going to go find money somewhere else. So she is definitely uh, like a bandwagon mom. She is there when it's good and when it's bad, she doesn't want anything to be, she doesn't want to be even associated with you. Right, right. So yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of the mom. That's for sure. I'm agreeing with you, man. I think, it, I guess you know, like I could like ran a little bit about it now, but it's like it's so tough when you know, like we grow up or we have someone who's caring for us like that. That you have that motherly figure, and for yeah. her to be just so dismissive, you know. But uh, yeah. real quick, so like let me let me wrap it in. Let me wrap it in. So we basically see, right, that Barbie she gets cancer. Unfortunately, she passes away from George's life, right? Yep. How did you How did you think that this affected George? You know, I think um, I, I think to me the way I kind of took it is that's kind of where George um, got to the point where you know life isn't forever, life is short. Um, and I, th- I think you, after Barbie dies, you really start seeing George starting to really ramp up the 
the the business, you know, really start taking those risks. Uh, you know, he you know, right. he goes to jail and, and he learns about like new product. But you you know, before it was always just you know he's driving across country. Now now you're starting to talk about different countries and planes and different mm-hmm. stuff. So the way I kind of took it was, hey man, you know, no one lives forever and. You might as well go big or go home. So I think that's kind of where the turning point where you see George, George kind of take it to an international level. What do you, how would you think his life would have been different if Barbie didn't pass away? I really, I, I think he might've just been a, you know, a Manhattan beach pot dealer. You know, he may have dabbled a little bit, but he even has that one line, you know, they were young, they were rich and they were in love. And it was like, you know, where they were, he had everything that he wanted at that point. So I don't think he would have taken that next step if, you know, if he felt like he had fulfilled himself. So then he tries to hide out, right? He takes care of Barbie. So she passes away. He, you know, skips out on bail. He goes to the, he goes back to his parents' house. Obviously, you know, something comforting, something that is very, um what's the word i'm looking for something that he's he knows right right and his mom snitches him out your thoughts on the mom's immediately like he didn't even sleep this poor guy on the run and his mom snitched him out to the cops How, how how do you feel about that I mean, if it, if that was my mother, she would have been dead to me. Like I would have never ever spoke to her, and she would never ever have seen me ever again. Uh, right. I just think it's one of those things. It's it's your kid, you know, and you you're you you protect your kids at all costs, no matter what it is or how right or wrong they are. I mean, you hear about these you know these terrible school shootings, and the parents they they don't condone or they don't approve of what the kids doing, but at the end of the day, that's still their baby, you know. And so for right. her to right to snitch on him and ride him out knowing that he was going to prison. I, to me, that's just unforgivable. Do you think that the mom's gold digging habits affected his decision-making? Because I noticed like that by her setting that precedent at the beginning of the movie where she just cares about money, it kind of like subconsciously pushed George to continue to strive for getting more money. Even when you thought it was enough, like homeboy was bringing in like 300,000, like, yeah. 125,000, you know, like easy, just, just on, just on selling pot. And yeah. I think that those things affected him. Like, you know what I mean? I think, I think you're hundred percent right. I think there's even that one scene, you know, when his dad's like taking out extra money from the bank. Uh, and he's like, at that point I made a decision that I was never going to be poor. Um, his mom right. really kind of planted that in his head that you're only happy if you're rich or if you got, if you got money. Um, and when you don't have money, then you're not worth anything. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because, like, let's piggyback on that. So I wanted to share with you first my one of my favorite quotes of the movie, which was in that scene at the very beginning when the dad says, like, hey, money doesn't matter, even though it seemed like it does, you know? Yep. And I feel like that goes back to his dad's philosophy, like, that he was ahead of his time, that, hey, you know what matters is family. And, like, that really stayed with me in the film, the fact that his dad was the one who just family above all. Money doesn't mean what do you think it means? Yeah. And I feel like when you have one parent giving you one philosophy and a parent and another parent give you another philosophy like that clashed, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because that was one of the, the favorite quotes that I had. And I think it, you know, it, when I heard it again, it, you know, especially even like the times that we're in right now, you know, when he's like, you know, sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And, you know, when it's yeah. good, it doesn't seem as good as it is. And when you're down, you never think you're going to get out of it. So I think, you know, his dad is a real solid figure. Um, and it's just too bad, you know, that his mom couldn't portray some of that, too. And then he would have had to, you know, go down the path that he did, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even, you know, like between us, like even if he does, I think that with full parental support, maybe he just stays low key. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think yeah. I think that's that's where, you know, you have that with that divide. It kind of pushed him, like I said. Absolutely. Cool. So we get to him meeting Diego in the prison. What were your first thoughts about Diego when you first saw this movie ever? Ugh, you get kind of mixed reactions with this guy, you know, he, in the, you know, in that jail cell, when George lies to him, it tells him he's in there for murder. Like the dude right, looks right. terrified, you know, um, that he's like rooming with a murderer. Um, and then you see him with like the books and you, so you, you kind of get like, Oh, he's like an analytical kind of guy. Um, you know, and that obviously changes throughout the movie. So you, I, I always just kind of thought he was going to be the wingman all the way through. Um, you know, he just kind of seemed like he was more of a backseat kind of guy. 
um, that just kind of was like showing the way. Why do you think George lied to him from the very beginning when he was in jail? You know, that's a good question. I, you know, I don't know because there's maybe he was ashamed that that's why he was in there because he got caught doing something that, you know, wasn't at that time. There probably weren't a whole lot of guys in there for drugs, you know. Um, Right. So I don't know. I don't know if during that time, maybe there was a stigma to that kind of, you know, record. But um, or maybe he just wanted to seem hard so no one fucked with him, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, I I kill people. So don't don't come after me. That's true. I agree with that. I think that that's what it was. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I think so too. So, so your boy uh, George finally gets out of prison, uh, meets up with Diego to try to set everything up. So, as much as I hate some other characters, and we're going to judge that in a little bit, right? Later down the road, right? Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I hated Caesar, bro. Like, you know, yes. <laughs> understand? Like yes. his smugness, like the way. <laughs> The way that actor portrayed him on screen, I was like, "Oh my god, shoot this dude right now!" <laughs> yes, yes, I, uh, yeah, I, I never, I never got on the Caesar fan fan train for sure. <laughs> Believe it or not, on like my tenth rewatch, right, I kind of warmed up to him because I let's you know, like I thought about it this way. I'm like, wait a second, like I don't blame him for being as mean and cutthroat as he is because this is his product, you know, and this is. You know, he deserves to know the entire plan, especially, you know, how everything works, because if anything goes wrong, then he's just going to be out on money. They're not taking the risk that he is because he's putting up the coke and the product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's just super thorough. I mean, even down to the what whose clothes is going to be in there. And, you know, George kind of jokes with them, like, well, what does it matter? Um, And then you see when he goes through the customs, they pull out the lady panties. It's like, right, 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 right. See, he was right. Like, you should probably know what's in there. Um, so, I, yeah, he's he he's very cocky. He's very schmug. You know, he gets his. But, uh, I mean, I guess if I was putting millions of dollars in the hands of a complete stranger, I'd probably want to know everything about him, too. I agree. So, so once again, right, George is faced with another dilemma. He's making, literally in one scene, he's making 500000 just per transaction, just to be a middleman. And it's like, bro, if I was George's boy, I would have been like, bro, like, you can't, like, can you put the male pride aside? Like, why are you trying to just have an entire operation? Why can't you just collect your money and go home? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I mean, I would have been cool with 500K just to introduce a pilot to somebody. So um, I, I think it's just that greed thing. You know, you always want more than what you got. Yeah, that's true. Is that? Do you think that's that's what uh, George's uh, character flaw was during the movie? Now that I think about it, I think so. I think you know that, and I think just the you know almost the the trusting you know a little too much. I think, um, but I think yes. it's always just that you know he, he I think he trusted too much. He wanted. I think the the theme is he's it was just too much. You know he he always wanted just what that one more thing, and I feel like with all all crime, you know, you always get caught when you go back for that one last hurrah or whatever so um yeah i think so it, it's like you know like those degenerate gamblers right like there's like oh like one more i'm gonna hit it on the next one i'm gonna hit it on the next one like one like one of those yeah. things right absolutely all right so here's decision time right for you diego calls right we're in the middle of the movie he's already like uh, I- i'm iffy on diego right right He's locked up in Colombia. Like, are you getting him out or not? Like, what's your what's your decision there? So at that point, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help out my boy. Um, you know that's okay. when he that scene directly after he goes, hey, um, you know you're gonna have to do this on your own. Uh, I'm in prison. I need you to go pick something up for me. You know, I mean, to me, that kind of seemed like Diego sent his ass into a trap, you know? Um, yes. Like, Lou, you send me down to Miami when I'm on parole and I end up with a gun <laughs> in my and I end up with a gun in my mouth. I'm probably not fucking with you anymore, you know? Hey, I do. That's what I, that, you took the words right out of my mouth. No pun intended. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, bro, wait a second. Wait a second. You send me to a death trap, right? You said like, 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 it kind of reminded me of that Scarface scene. When yeah. he has to go pick up that, yeah, like, you know, he has to go pick up the product and he gets ambushed in that hotel. It's yeah. the same thing. You send me on a Scarface situation, I get ambushed, and you really expect me to vouch for you? So, like, we get to him meeting Pablo, and still Pablo straight up, 
yo, you, you, this your boy? I would have been like, nah, man, he and my boy. Take care of him. Yeah, and he even tried – Pablo, the, the most successful, well-known you know, drug trafficker is warning you about this guy now, and that you now have evidence of – you know, just from a little bit of time before that, like I may have, you know, been like, hey, uh, you're on your own, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> that's one thing. It's like, yo, we're boys. But man, like, you got to be kidding me right now. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I, yeah. The nine millimeter in the mouth. I'm, I'm done. You know? Yeah. I agree <laughs> with you. Nine millimeter in the mouth. That should be like a, a male staple. Like you get a nine millimeter in the mouth. We're done. You got to re. <laughs> yeah. You got to reassess your friends at that point. <laughs> oh man. Um, Random question for you. Diego's wedding. What did you think about it? Would you have gotten an invite? What do you think? It looked like a great time. Would I have gotten the invite? Man, I'm, I would have been the token white guy. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy though. Cause like when, in that scene particular, you know, George is the only white guy in a room full of Colum- uh, Columbia, Colombians. And, uh, the, I cannot tell you how many times that I have been with like at my girl's family events and felt just like he did. Um, you know, just being like that one guy sitting there, but, um, you know, at the same time fitting right in with everybody. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a scene. I, I don't know if I would have gotten invited to, to that particular one, but I think, I think, I no, but, invited. But, but exactly. But going off your experience, would you would have, you just would have been like, yo, this is a great time, man. Like, oh, I'd, I'd have gone, <laughs> if I got an invite, I wouldn't even think twice. I'd be there. That's what's up. Uh, real quick, before we continue like breaking down the movie, I wanted to pivot again and talk about favorite scenes because mine's just passed, right? Yeah. So real quick, my favorite scene of the whole movie is the intro of Pablo. Like, okay, when this dude comes in, right, they pop the dude execution style. And then here you go. You meet Pablo. You get the intimidation factor at a thousand. And like when the guy comes on screen and like credit to the actor, like I love how they built it up. You know, when you're yeah. when you're young and, and like when I I remember first seeing this when I was in junior high school, I'm like, whoa! Like, who is this dude? Who is this Pablo Escobar? Like, this is how I feel like I learned about who Pablo Escobar was because yeah. of this movie when I was young. What you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was you know, yeah, because you know when Pablo was big, you know, we were just young. We were you know we were too young to really know what was going on. Um, right. Yeah, I think this right. was kind of like that. Oh, who is this guy? And then yeah, the the days of encyclopedias and Wikipedia's and whatnot just started. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah rabbit holing down and yeah that was that was a great scene i think they did a wonderful job there and then back in the day you had like ask jeeves or trying to find out like any information you can and it kind of like i think this movie really built up that for at least for me like the in the american culture the the mythos of pablo escobar because i didn't know like much about the guy and then you see this movie and he's like oh crap this guy's ruthless absolutely what what's your favorite scene in the whole film, bro? My favorite my favorite scene's a little bit further down. It's when uh, you know George is is married with uh, Penelope, um, and she's she's giving birth, right? And I, I got a lot of good scenes, but this is one that you know I just no, go ahead, jump in, um, yeah, jump but, in, jump in. So there's this scene, you know, uh, George's wife is going into labor. You can hear her off the the camera screaming at him, "We gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go." You know, George is blown out of his mind you know he is just higher than a kite and he's frantically trying to pack hey i've i've been in the situation where the kid's on the way packing good idea but if you pay attention to (laughs) what this guy is frantically throwing into his his luggage is like random underwear he's throwing in a hair dryer he grabs (laughs) he grabs a bag that looks like a bowling ball should belong in it but it's full of <laughs> yeah yeah that has like random keys in it and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he takes another line and he's just like on my way and then they go and then of course you know he's tweaked out in the the operating room but i just thought that i was like yeah dude, your your firstborn is coming and you think that the the essential need is to throw a hair dryer in your in your to-go bag <laughs> that was fantastic <laughs> That was that was one of my scenes where I was just like, yo, nah, drugs. It's a hell of a drug, huh? In that, that in that in that scene, that's when they also talk about that he snorted ten grams in ten minutes. Yeah, I guess I had a high tolerance. Yo, doesn't doesn't the hospital have to report him to their cops? Like, what the I don't know. That doctor gave him some like life advice, like slow down, and he's just like, all right. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, but it's true. I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, bro, what was he packing? Yeah, no, I'm telling you, pay attention, slow down that scene in particular, and he's throwing the craziest shit in this suitcase that I can only imagine, like, getting there and waking up and being like, hey, did you bring me a change of underwear? He goes, no, but I got a hair dryer. Like, what are you going to do with that? I got a, and I got a bowling ball. I don't know how that got it. <laughs> Jesus, it was that was that was good. <laughs> what's what's your other favorite scene in the movie? You know, I, I also like you know when he goes and confronts uh, Diego at the um, at the at the, at his island. You know, I think it's, it's, I, my he, he betrayed him. Oh, I can't stop laughing. Yeah, he betrays him and he buys an island. He doesn't even buy like a mansion. No. He buys an entire island. An island, an island. And then George thinks it's a good idea to go and confront this dude where he's got like a small army there. Um, and, you know, and then Diego, you know, he's coked out. I thought the actor did a great job of portraying that, yes. you know. Yes, um, Jordy, Jordy, Jordy. Jordy, that's the actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, I, think he did a, I think he did a fantastic job just like showing how like strung out he was. And you can kind of see it in his face, like how he, he almost felt bad because he. I think he really did consider George his, his brother, you know. Um, right. And then, you know, Caesar makes an appearance again. And then of course. I, I, I thought that that was a pretty good scene. You know, it was just, again, another person, you know, letting George down, um, which I think is a reoccurring thing in his life. That's true. Like that he hits. I wrote it down as that, like, he has different levels to his, like, bottom, like yeah. rock bottom. Let's quote the rock. <laughs> <laughs> he has different levels of the rock bottom that he is. Yep. And like. Every time he's like always like let down, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he just gets a whole other level. I did want to shout out that actor, like you just said. You know, I noticed like what he did with his eyes. Yes, it was insane. Because you're uh, the whole time I was I was looking at that scene when he's talking to George. I'm just staring at his eyes. Whatever he did with that, yeah, was fantastic. I'm like, yo, how was he's like making him dilute and like, yeah, like you can. Like, it looks like he's really on something. I mean, I don't... When I did the research, I Googled and I found out that they were snorting milk powder. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, to pretend that it was cocaine. So, obviously, they weren't obviously doing, like, drugs or anything like that. But this guy was, like... He looked like... Really giving out of a performance. Yeah, I thought so, too. And uh, it, even just, like, his mannerisms and, like, the one of the... like the, the, When he finally... George is, like, dragged out. You know, he's just a bye. Bye, bye, bye. You know, it's like he's right, trying to make right. it real in his head because he's so tweaked out. So I, I just thought he did a phenomenal job, especially in that particular scene. So do you have any other favorite scenes by any chance? You know, I that that one um, is, is the big one, the, the packing it up. Um, and then, you know, at the very end of the movie, you know, when he's recording that message to his pops. Um, and you're just kind of oh, talking yeah. about like all this stuff. I thought, I thought that was just kind of a good way to wrap it all up or to say goodbye to his dad when he couldn't be there. Um, you know, just kind of talking about like the stories about, you know, how, like how his dad always had his back, even when, you know, his mom snitched him out. Uh, and right. he, he told the cops, that's right. That's where you belong. You son of a bitch putting on Georgie's boots. Um, so like the dad, no matter what George did, he, you know, he had his back. And, uh, I think in that scene, uh, you know, George, um, shows that he noticed that or that he appreciated that um, throughout his life. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it was one thing that I wrote down. It's like why I really love this movie, why I come back to it, was the father-son relationship between George and Fred. Like, yeah. Depp, Depp and Ray Liotta, like, really brought that convincing relationship on screen. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the great relationship that I, ha- that I have with my dad, that, like, you can see that there's genuine care that they always remember the little things, you know, about each other and that like they always quote each other. That goes to show you like he undoubtedly had his support 1000% that no matter what George did in his life, like his dad was always there for him. And I thought that was like the saving grace in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was crazy, man. So (laughs) I wrote down quickly like... George's rock bottoms, right? Yeah. <laughs> the first one. So obviously, like you said, on that scene, so he, you know, he gave up his connect. Diego plays him like crazy, but he still made millions of dollars. Like that was his first rock bottom. Like, all right, you're out the business. Like, why not just try to stay humble? Like, why bring up that party or why even have drugs around you? What do you yeah. think about that? I, you know, I think, um, 
you know, his daughter became his life, you know, and I think he was checked out of the game. But I think, you know, George is always, um, you know, somebody he, he's a pleaser. You know, he's trying to make people happy. And I think his wife was getting bored. You know, she was used to that, that kind of Colombian, you know, drug trafficking, high, fast paced lifestyle. Um, and now, you know, her the guy he she married, who, you know, was, you know, the top dog is now a fat dad, you know, who just sits around and doesn't drink mm-hmm. and party, doesn't do anything. So, right. um, you know, I think he gave in, um, you know, to make his wife happy and, you know, it, it came back and bit him in the ass and, you know, he had to pay for it. Um, and I, you know, like he kind of said, you know, it, it wasn't that he got busted. It was, that he, you know, he let his daughter down. He wasn't there for his daughter. So then, but then that brings me to my next question. So he hits another rock bottom again, the FBI raid his house. They he sees them taking his daughter away. Like what you didn't like you couldn't learn or you couldn't lean on that. Like you did you had to have all this coke and all these guests along, even just to please her? Yeah, I again I think that's where I don't know. I think, you know, you could probably tie it back to, you know, his mom and seeing the relationship like that, you know, how his mom hated his dad and you know, he didn't want his wife to hate him and um Right, he, right. He, you know, I think it was just one of those things that, you, you know, you, you never think you're going to get caught till you do. And who would have thought, you know, when this guy's traveling around the world with, you know, millions of pounds of cocaine and you're like that mm-hmm. would raid his, you know, private mansion. So, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, so I'm sure he was probably thinking that a couple times in his life. Yeah, that's true. Here, here's a random question before we continue on Georgia's Rock Bottoms. <laughs> uh, Depp and Penelope. In this movie, what do you think about their relationship, like on screen? I also have another couple for you to compare them to. I thought, you know, it was it was toxic. I think, um, you know, I think it started as that forbidden. I think, um, I think her being with Caesar was kind of a a, a, a piece for George. You know, uh, you know, to to take him and you know basically brag like I'm untouchable, I'll do whatever I want. Um, I think it also kind of like he mentioned by marrying into uh, a Colombian family, it kind of legitimized him a little bit. So, you know, I think she, I think it was kind of toxic. I think she was just in it for the bling, and the, it was almost like, you know, his his mother. You know, he, she loved it when it was when the parties were going and the money was flowing in, and you know, when they lived a residential life, it was boring and she wasn't happy. So. Uh, it probably was not the uh, the best. Uh, it was it was definitely no Barbie and, and George situation. That's true. I miss Barbie already. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask. So, what do you think about Pacino and Pfeiffer and Scarface? Like, did that give you any residence to like that kind of relationship? What do you think about that? You know, it, now that you say it, it, it does. Um, and I think if there's one thing that you could take away, um, like let's let's leave drugs out of relationships. <laughs> I think, <laughs> especially cocaine. I think. Uh, <laughs> It turns people a little loony, and uh, it, it never ends well for the relationship. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. So George takes Caesar's wife, right, or his fiance, because they, they say yeah. that in the movie. Bro, you take a drug lord's lady away. Like he was that big. He yo, he was getting whacked for sure. If this was another dude, right? Oh, for sure. If he, I think, if he didn't have Pablo's blessing, if he wasn't Pablo's guy. Um, you know, if he would have been anybody else's guy, he would he would get clipped for sure. Yeah, man, that's crazy, man. So going back in it, so here here's the next rock bottom that I have. So his wife goes, so he gets out, right? Like he's once again on the run again, doing mm-hmm. the same th- stuff, posted bail. His wife goes buck wild on the road. He gets caught again. Yeah, and, like. She snitches on him like he has coke. He's a fugitive. Like, bro, like again, like what's going on right now? I mean, he's just he's clearly got terrible taste in women. You know, I I mean, he he, I mean, his own mother snitches on him. Now his wife is snitching on him. Like, I I mean, the the dude can't catch a break in, in that in that field. It's it feels like whose words are more painful. His daughter, when she saw him in jail. His wife, when she just didn't want nothing to do with him, or his mom, when she was like, you're not my son anymore. 
you know, I think they all have a different level for me uh, because I am a father. You know, I, that would be I would never want to hear my son say that to me. You know, that would, right. you know, having your mother say that to you, obviously that would break your heart. You know, the wife, as far again, as far as I'm concerned, you, you just put me in jail. Like you can go to hell. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like, you know, it, it's gotta be kind of a toss up. I, I think I'd have to lean with my kid, um, you know, cause I clearly fucked up, you know, like I, what, how, what did I do? That was so terrible that my little 10 year old daughter, you know, doesn't even right. want to talk to me. So um, I think right. that to me would, would sting the hardest. So I guess it goes back to what I was trying to say is like, so he hits all these rock bottoms, which we have one more, right? <laughs> Leading up to yeah. the finale. Yeah. But, you know, like you already, after your first fall, you have a kid and you, you know, you could talk about this. Like, like, like why wouldn't something like fundamentally change when you know you're caring about somebody else's life, like his wife, you just said it like, Hey, well, it is what it is. There's other relationships, but now that you, you are a father, like why, I guess, what is it that George couldn't stop himself even with having those stakes on the line? I think it's, um, you know, I think it's kind of, you know, it's, that's, it's the un- unfortunate truth. You know, one, it's, uh, it's all he's ever known. You know, he's, if you go all the way back to the beginning, he's nothing, he's never done any job besides, sell drugs um that's so true it's, so it's what he knows you know and and then you know with his money being gone and without income coming in um you know i think people resort back to you know what they're comfortable with or what they what they're good at um and then you also got to think about yeah you could have gone and got a nine to five job which i think you know is a problem in in you know today's world but you know i can go make 15 grand in you know three hours standing on the corner or mm-hmm. i can make that much working at mcdonald's maybe in a year so um you know i you know the money is attractive. And I think if that's the only thing you ever known, um, and that's the thing that you're good at, then that's what you revert back to. And, and I think towards the end here, especially with George, I mean, like who would have thought you'd get clipped that many times, you know, like who's right, that right. bad, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think it was, uh, I think he, you know, they always say I was doing it for my daughter. And I think in George's case, he really was, I think that's, you know, all he knew. And I think that, you know, he just needed to to get that one last, you know, payday, um, and he couldn't wait to do it the right way. Here's a random question, and I've seen this movie multiple times, but I I never quite understood. Did you think that um, Derek set him up in his party? Like, how did the FBI just raid the house in that party? Or like, you think they just randomly were there? I think they were randomly. I think they started catching on. I think you know. I think he, even though he had been out of the game, you know. Diego was still making waves. Um, I think, you know, right, depending right. on the time, you know, Pablo was still was still making waves. So I think, you know, he wasn't too far removed um, from the game. Whereas when all of a sudden you see, you know, 30 Colombians fly in for vacation on the same day and they're all going to the same place, you know, I, I would probably knock on that door. So I, I don't know if anyone set him up as more of it was just like a, dude, <laughs> you're flashing it in our face kind of thing. I agree. So – he hits his final rock bottom, poor guy, in the movie, right? Yep. Which he really does get set up, right? Yeah. He really didn't see that one coming after everything that he's been through, like all the stuff, like everything that's happened to him? You know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, again, um, you know, it's his loved ones, the people he cared about that let him down. Um, you know, it was Derek and it was, um, you know, the redheaded dude that used to be his evil yeah, yeah, yeah. connection. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I would... You never want to think that your family members or your closest friends would be the ones that, you know, stab you in the back. So, um, you know, I'm sure he was probably nervous. Um, but then when he met that crew and he saw that, hey, it was his buddy, I think, a familiar was, face. you know, that yeah. familiar face, he went back to, you know, what he knew and what he was comfortable with. And um, unfortunately for George, everything he knows and is comfortable with ends up biting him in the ass. So, um yeah, I think if he, if he were to do it again, he'd probably just burn all the bridges and just do it do it himself. Right. It, is this the reason why we like this movie so much? Because they build them up, but then like we see him on the second half of the movie crashing, 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 crashing. Like he just doesn't stop. I think so, and it's just one of those things where you just want to be like, my man, like come on, like count, <laughs> like. You know, like that definition of like insane is like doing the same thing over and over again. Yes. Yes. Expecting a different yes. result. Like, yes. Homeboy is banging his head into a cylinder wall. And, you know, it's just not, 
working. But I think, you know, he had that touch of success and he had that touch of glory. And I think he's was that whole second half of the movie. He was just trying to get back to that, that phase of his life. Here are the, like the two most important questions of the movie besides his daughter's relationship, because that's truly telling. Um, which one did you find it to be worse after like you really found out that Derek was the one who manipulated the betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. These are your two best mates, right? Your two best friends that you grew up with. We saw each version, right? One he met in jail, one he grew up with in, in California. Like, which one hurt the most from you? Which betrayal? The Diego betrayal or the Derek betrayal? You know, I think for me, the Derek one hurt a little bit more. I think, um, you know, you found Derek, you, you built a relationship, you built a friendship. I mean, you vacationed to Mexico with them. You know, they, they, they were almost a, a family, you know, um, Diego, he was your, he was your cellmate, you know, I mean, he's clearly a sketchy person. He's in prison, you, you know, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then now he's, he's running circles with, you know, drug traffickers and all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, like, Diego called them brothers all the time, but to me, Derek and him were more brothers. You know, they started from selling nickel bags to, you know, moving kilos of cocaine together. So um, for him to snitch him out, especially when George, you know, has taken the heat for other people so many times, um, for him to do it just to save his own ass and not even think twice about it, you know, that would, uh, that would, that would hurt. I agree with you, man. I think that. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, he really built that strong relationship with Derek. And, like, it's just, it's a shame that, you know, it came down to that. Like, Diego, yeah. you expected it. You know, you you had the foreshadows there, especially when you knew you're like, George, don't give up your connect. But the when you found out it was Derek at the end, I was like, wow, bro. Yeah, and I mean, That's even like, George not telling uh, Diego the entire time, like, who his connect was, you, you kind of had that feeling that George didn't fully trust him anyways. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Derek, he always did. And, and you know, when he found out that um, Diego was down in the island, I mean, the first person George called, it wasn't Diego to say, what the hell? It was it was Derek to be like, are you serious? So, um, you know, that one that one would burn for sure. So do you want my hot take? Yes. Here's my hot take about this movie. I feel like his wife is the true reason for his downfall. And here's the reasons why. Right. Because she's the one who seduced him and got Diego, Caesar's man. Because remember, Caesar was and Diego were like buds already. Right. So that caused Diego and Caesar to have George on the shit list because they're like, oh, who's this white boy who's coming in here and taking all of this stuff? Right. So think about right. it that way. Then she's the reason that he got more addicted to coke, right? Because she was already crazy. Right. She's the reason he threw the party to celebrate, which forced Derek to betray George because remember, they all got locked up. So I'm sure the FBI came to Derek and was like, yo, yo, cut a deal, betray your boy, and we'll let you go. So like, yo, I feel like the wife was really his downfall. Penelope was his downfall. What do you think? I I think, I mean, it's very easy to... uh, you know, compare the two, the two relationships in his life, you know, where you had Barbie who, you know, was like his right hand woman, you know, but was like helping him out. Uh, and, you know, but you could kind of see there was more of a loving, caring kind of a genuine relationship. Whereas, yeah, like you said, you know, Penelope, she comes in there and it's almost like, Hey, I'm just using you for your status and your, your connections. And I don't really give a fuck about you. I just, you know, I like your, you know, I guess your, your status. Right. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you hit that on the head. You can definitely, uh, you know, correlate all those, a, a lot of those heartbreaks or a lot of those rock bottoms, and you know, there's rock bottoms exactly. You know, she's not too far removed from that situation. Here, and here's another random fact too. She's the one who even forced him to try to get back in the game, asking for like alimony, and he's like, "Yo, I just got out. Like, what do you? Yeah, mean? yeah, <laughs> like." So she's like pushing and pushing and pushing him. And she kept leading him into this vicious cycle. Yeah. Nah, you know what I mean? You're 100% right on that. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's a good way. Of, I guess I never really looked at it that way. Um, but you're 100% right. And she was just willing to give rid of her daughter. Like, yeah, give me money and I'll get uh, you can have her. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's very she was definitely a toxic character for sure. So then I guess my real question is. 
besides the woman relationships that he had, you know, like we saw Barbie, the one that was pulling him up, mm-hmm. but his mom and uh, Mirta, which was her name, uh, yeah. Penelope Cruz's character, like w- which one weighed him down more? I think that the mom set that that precedent. Yeah. What do you think? I th- you know, I think I think the mom started the fire. I think the mom, right. you know, when he came to that fork in the road, um, his mom's actions and behaviors and mentality, you know, made him choose that path. Um, I think that he he did that part all on his own, you know, with the nudge of his mom. Um, I think he, you know, he stayed his lane for the most part. You know, he got a hiccup here or there. Um, and then when he got to Penelope, um, uh, she really poured the fire on it. Um I think when when he got involved with her, you know, he was in a whole different league. He jumped from Triple A to the big leagues, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and he and she, and, you know, like he even said, he kind of needed her um, to stay untouchable. You know, he was he had a Colombian wife. He was Pablo's boy. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, she kept him, you know, from the dogs that would have got him if he if he was doing it on his own. So I think she. Uh, she, she he was already on the wrong path, but I think she definitely poured the fuel on the on the fire that was smoldering. That's that's a great analogy. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. That's true. They were like 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 a dynamic duo. Like, all right, you uh, started off, I'll finish it off. Yeah, definitely. They they both really kind of just screwed that dude up. <laughs> Yo, random question. I never thought about this. W- whatever happened to Tuna? <laughs> I was going to ask you that too. Like, homeboy just disappeared. Maybe he started doing his workout plan or something. They had to get rid of him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think he survived because they said in the movie that tuna stayed in mexico like you think he just like chilled out and like what just had a chill life i don't know i think tuna might have figured it out early he got his million dollars from the pot and got that that place in acapulco and he's like i'm good i'm staying here <laughs> <laughs> that guy got it figured out oh man oh before <laughs> we um uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Before we uh, pick our MVPs, I wanted to like throw you two two little trivia things that I found out because I was curious about this. Um, not sure if you knew, but the real uh, George Jung was released in 2014. Did you know that? I did. I, I remember something popped up. I think it was one. It spurred me to watch the movie for like the 14th time. I think uh, he. Yeah, he. I did hear that that he got released. The other thing was that not sure if you knew this, but I wanted to say an RIP to the director. Like, oh. I didn't know this, but the director, Ted Demi, passed away, like, after this movie that he was, like, apparently playing basketball and he had a heart attack. And it was oh, just crazy, man. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, un- that's unfortunate. And then get this. When they did the autopsy, they found, like, traces of cocaine, which is of, even of more. Course. Of course. Let's do a movie about blow and then die from it. So, um, that's terrible. <laughs> I know, man. R.I.P. to him. R.I.P., man. I, those are just some facts that I found. Um, but yeah, man, let's get to it. Who is your Arturo Fuentes cigar MVP for this movie? Who would you give it to? Uh, you know, I, I think acting wise, um, the person that I think really grasped the role has to be Diego. I think he just played that strung out, coke addicted um, you know, sneaky bastard. You know, he 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 had the long game going, and he he executed it. And I think that uh, you know that that um, that actor did a phenomenal job with his character. Yeah, that's true. That's I like that pick. I like that pick. It's true. It's just it's like we were just talking about earlier. Like that scene when he's just like depicting everything. It's like whoa, like this dude went real method, right? You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would give, and I really do this, but I'm gonna give my MVP to Depp. Like, I think that it's one of my favorite films of his that he's portrayed. Like you just said, like, you know, we've always seen him in all these other like kind of like character roles. Yeah. And like this one, like really like, hey, you can see his full range. And it's the reason that like when you mention this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm in because like he he brings you into this movie like his portrayal yeah. how he carries himself and like what he really really brought to that character you know yeah you, you, and you can't help but you know root for the guy i mean he's the most one of the most notorious drug dealers in america but you, you find yourself rooting for him you know that's true that's true anything else you want to uh plug in my brother anything else on the movie you want to talk about 
No, nah, I mean, I it's if you haven't seen it, I strongly suggest it. It's a it's an easy film to watch. It's it's not something you know that um, you know like I, I saw you did like Inception. You, know, <laughs> you walk away. You walk away to go grab a bag of chips for Inception. You're you're done. You know. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a great movie. It's it's historically factual. Um, so I mean, it's great. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Well, Josh, thank you so much, man. Thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time, man, just to chat with me about this movie. No, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for not telling me that it was a season finale till we hit the red light. <laughs> so uh, uh, this was this was fun, and I look forward to the next one. It yeah. was uh, a good time. Yeah, man. Definitely will invite you back. Uh, thank you to all the fans, and we'll catch you soon at a beautiful film.